Good day to you. Welcome back to the podcast. Driving out another frosty, beautiful fall morning. And uh, thankful to be alive, given another day, another opportunity to be a living stone, a one of the many brethren, walking in newness of life. Y'all, what an opportunity we have. It's just an incredible invitation to be a child of the Most High God. The offspring of Yahweh Eternal in His lineage. I mean, what an awesome privilege. Now, now obviously, I'm just driving in about an hour and a half. You know, it's a long drive today. I'll just be running a machine in my hands, making cars shiny. Couldn't be much more natural than that. But that's not what defines my life. You know, that's... I'm, I'm reminded of the recording that I did months and months ago when a friend visited. I hadn't seen him for a while, and he asked me, What you been up to? It's an old podcast. Oh, not much. Working. Blah, blah, blah. And I remember I felt convicted and then recorded it and shared how convicted I felt at what, why, what my response was. Like, no, that's not who I am. That's not what's going on. That's just this, I don't know, topically empty response out of just habit. Oh, not much, you know. How about you? But, you know, we've been invited into this abundant life. Is your life abundant? <laughs> Is there the, the overflow of what God is pouring into you, where is it going? Is it just for you? I mean, if we, if we go even further with the vessel reality, are you just continually being filled to your maximum capacity and then you hold on to it? Where does it go? What is its purpose? Well, I would say the purpose is to be overflowing. All of the oil analogies in the scriptures. The literal outflow of the Spirit of God in us. Moving beyond us and out and into and poured upon anyone that he would bring into our path. And that's just where I'm at right now. Is the is the unction to be poured out. To extend the good news invitation. To stir up anyone who might be in my life that for a while admittedly has just I have missed, I have overlooked, I have not given myself to. It's a changing of the seasons, for absolute sure. And I just want to be found yielded and obedient to whatever that looks like, whether, in, 
whether or not it makes sense to me has really become entirely irrelevant. That's not my goal. Well, I don't understand. Well, I don't really even say that anymore because that's that's irrelevant. <laughs> I can't say like I don't lean on my own understanding but continually pray, "Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand, God, help me understand. Help me understand." Okay, well, it's like, "Well, what do you want, Joel? Do you want to understand or do you want to lean not on your own understanding?" <laughs> It's either or in our lives. Well, this morning I was continuing um, to read. I uh, posted part one this morning of the just a two-part series of what I named When Heaven Meets Earth, talking about Cornelius and his intersection with Peter, how when two men in completely different ways of life, groups of people, different geographic regions... Now, they weren't a great distance apart, but they didn't live together, share in anything together. As we know, there was the major division, Jew versus Gentile, of course. But when Cornelius was obedient to the angel of the Lord's word in his vision, and when Peter was obedient to the trance that he went into where he himself heard the word of the Lord, and then moved on that. And as he's doing that, the Holy Spirit himself speaks to him, Peter, about what to do with these men who show up randomly at his door. Something awesome happened. And as I was sharing this with my wife yesterday, not sharing in a sense of like teaching her something she didn't know, but as we were just dialoguing about this, the awesome thing about it is like, This could be like Pentecost part two, (laughs) the Holy Spirit coming to the Gentile. And I shared in part two of of the series I just finished, that was based in Acts chapter 10, it just continues to strike me in some deep place without my trying to about the, the inclusion of all peoples from the perspective of Almighty God who desires none to perish and wants to have a people that come to Him and return to Him. And so I just want to read a little bit about where I was this morning and and kind of share a couple things based on that. Um, And so just to recount a little bit, this could almost be part three of that little series if there were if there were one but we'll just make it a standalone thing probably I don't know whatever the case so the Gentile people the Holy Spirit as Peter's speaking Peter is explaining the good news he's telling them in summary he's telling them what the what Philip told the Ethiopian eunuch I mean the the expansion and fulfillment of what was prophesied this is what's happened he testified to the one who had come. The ones that the prophets had told of. And so then, of course, as I just love to talk about, because this is just my life presently, everybody who was with Peter saw this. We're told later, and as we'll get to in just a second, in Acts chapter 11, it was six men that went with Peter. Um, you know, his friends, his comrades, they went with him. And they were amazed, like, oh my gosh, these people are encountering 
the Holy Spirit just like we did. Could this be true? Is the Holy Spirit being poured out upon the Gentile flesh, the uncircumcised outcast people? No. Are you serious? Like, can, I mean, let's imagine them looking at one another like, are you seeing this? Are you? Is this for real? They were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the Gentiles also. So Peter says, hey, it's, it's immersion time. Everybody in. <laughs> and so everybody gets immersed, baptized right then, right there. The revelation came, immersion. The revelation came, immersion. We have got to get this point, y'all. We can't skirt around this. Revelation comes, encounter comes, response follows. It is the biblical pattern. So they were baptized in what? The name of Yeshua Messiah? They asked him to stick around for a few days, Peter. I'm just going to read a little bit um, again because I pulled over to, to read. Um, Acts chapter 11. Now the apostles and the brethren who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those who were circumcised took issue with him. Okay, so let's just imagine that. So word is spreading. I mean, imagine this, y'all, okay? Like through the Jewish people. Y'all, have you heard? They probably didn't say y'all, but (laughs) have you heard? The Gentiles had the Holy Spirit fall upon them. Peter himself and, and Bill and Bob and Johnny and Ricky, they were there. They saw it. No, no, no. Are you serious? Peter did that? Peter went to the Gentiles? How did he even go? Some guy named Cornelius. He had a vision. The angel of the Lord visited him, a Gentile. Oh my gosh. What else? I heard the Holy Spirit fell and they started speaking in tongues. They started praying in other languages just like us. Holy cow, I've got to go tell so-and-so. And you understand? And it went, and it went, and it went. But when Peter came to Jerusalem, some of these men took issue with Peter as he returned, saying, you went to uncircumcised men, and you entered their house and ate with them? Are you, Peter, are you okay, brother? Are you sure? Is this true? But Peter began speaking and proceeded to explain to them in orderly sequence, saying, and I don't have time to read all that. I was in Joppa praying in a trance. I saw a vision. He tells them about the sheet descending and don't call unclean what God calls clean and all the things that we've already looked at in chapter 10. (sighs) And behold, verse 11, at that moment three men appeared before the house in which I was staying, having been sent to me from Caesarea. The Spirit told me to go with them without misgivings. Don't make any distinction, you just go. And these six brethren also went with me, we entered the man's house. He reported to us how he had seen an angel standing in his house saying, This is what was said to Cornelius. It's a little more elaborate explanation of what we were told in Acts chapter 10. 
Send to Joppa and have Simon, who's called Peter, brought here. He shall speak words to you by which you will be saved, you and all your household. Now, see, we're not told that in chapter 10. We're just told that the angel told Cornelius to call for Peter. We're not told until chapter 11 that that Cornelius actually was told that by Peter's coming, he and his household would be saved. Verse 15, and as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as he did upon us at the beginning. And then I remembered the word of the Lord and how he, Yeshua Jesus, used to say, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. If God therefore gave to them the same gift as he gave to us also after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? Verse 18, and this is the cherry on top, y'all, and this is where I want to go for just a few brief moments this morning. Okay, so the uncircumcised men, the Jewish men, who get word that Peter had gone into a house of a Gentile, And not just that, but sat down and also ate and also had a conversation and also extended to them the good news. And then they received the good news in faith. They had to because it's by faith, by hearing, you know, all these things. That's we know that is what happens. That had that was true then, not just for us. They believed. And as he's talking, the good news, speaking the good news, the Holy Spirit descends, Pentecost part two, boom filled with the Holy Spirit, the Gentile people. So the, and so as he explains this to the circumcised Jews who can't believe what they've been told, as they listen to Peter, as we're told, um, where was it, back in uh, verse 4, when he spoke and proceeded to explain to them an orderly sequence, he told them everything that happened to the letter. This is how this transpired. What did they do? Oh, I just, I can't believe it. I, you know that's not right. You know you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to be with those people, Peter. You're not supposed to go there. We're different. We're separate. They don't deserve Messiah, Peter. No. Verse 18. And when they heard this, they quieted down. They became silent. And what did they do? They glorified God, saying, well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. You know what they said? Amen. We've made amen flippant. We say it at a prayer when when it's time to eat. Thank you, Lord, for this and for this and for this. Amen. It's just like It's our version of saying the end. But friends, that's not what that means. This last verse right here that I just read is what that means. So be it. So be it. So be it according to the will of eternal Yahweh God that he would extend his goodness and kindness even to the uncircumcised Gentile ones. Amen. Who is like our God? Who is like him? And this is what I just want to talk about for a couple minutes. Y'all, do we live our life that way? As I've shared just a little bit, and I want to touch on this in the middle of it because this is very vitally important 
from my perspective presently. Recently, I've had this, uh, I don't want to say onslaught, that's a little extreme. I have had many examples recently of different pockets and versions of Christianity that I have momentarily been in. Services, gatherings, discussions, from little, I don't want to just say sects, because I'm not making, I'm not trying to make it sound bad, but different flavors of Christianity. And it's an interesting perspective that I see as a common thread about through everyone. Now, I'm not saying anyone's closed or like railing against one another or like blatantly, obviously, like establishing a division. But we have to recognize that in our attempts to be found as the, as the people of God, and, and there will always be this because all of us are, are trying in our own way to be found right, good, pleasing in the sight of the Lord. Not, not everybody's doing that. Let's just be honest. Not everyone lives according to that, but let's just assume for the sake of conversation that that is, in fact, what we're doing our best efforts. But this is what we have to sit back and like really reckon with and ask ourselves for the Lord himself to clarify if we are guilty of this in any way ourselves. Is in what way is our pursuit of what we see as right, what we see as the way to be the representation of, of Yeshua Jesus on the earth in our lifetime, in what ways, if in any way, are we segregated in our thinking and we exalt ourselves over any other attempting to do likewise? All right, you hear what I'm saying? I'm going to say that, I'm going to attempt to say that again. Is there, are there any ways in you, is there a way in you, any thought at all, when you sit down and really peel back the layers of your thinking and your heart's condition, that your understanding of what is the people of God and the way, quote, you do that, the way you do things, exalts your view, your perspective, your demonstration of the body above another's. Now, this is a tricky place, right? Because, like, there are things that I, I could unequivocally right now say, well, there are things within Christianity that like are, we have to call them what they are, right? We have to. Judgment begins in the house of God. We've got to step back and be like, look, there are some things that are wrong here. There's some house cleaning that needs done. That's not right. That's idolatry, all these things. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, we need the Lord's help to rightly appropriate what we do with what we see that is not godly, holy, set apart, and consecrated. Yes and amen. But there's something within that, in my heart's condition, that I'm feeling like I need to really continue to examine and present to the Lord to purify in a greater measure, like, in the midst of that. Because that is what I feel I'm called to do. I feel like that's my purpose is to say, hey, we got to get rid of the mixing and we've got to return. And so there has to be a facing of what is, in fact, wrong within the body at large. has to. But, like, do I in any way, do, do we in any way feel 
a thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. In light of, do we have people in our minds who don't, quote, deserve what I deserve? Well, they, they won't find God that way. Oh, well, they, boy, they're never going to know the Lord the way I know him, going that way. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Now, there are things you could ask me right now, if this were a Q&A sec- session, that I would, without hesitation, boldly say, yeah, I don't believe, I don't believe that's the path to sanctification, um, true regeneration, um, a consecrated lifestyle. Like, yes, that's, that's true. But I don't want to be found guilty in my heart of presuming that, that no man in certain circumstances, certain denominations, certain movements, there's no way they can know God like I do there. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't want to do that. I don't want to be so limiting of God's handiwork in the heart of a man because of the circumstance he's in or what he believes or what he gives himself to. I want to I feel like I've been freed of a very large chunk of that in my life over the last couple months. It all came it all it's somehow all involved in the Hezekiah stuff. I'm telling you, I cannot get away from that. The invitation to come into Yahweh eternal that goes out the invitation through Yeshua Messiah who went out to anyone who would believe. This extension into the Gentile people. And as I said in part two of the, of the series I just finished, we are the immigrants. <laughs> you know, much of modern patriotic Christianity wants to just run off the immigrant because they don't belong here. But friends, you're the immigrant. If you're in Christ Jesus, born again, born of the water and of the Spirit, in the kingdom of God, my friend, you're an immigrant. You don't belong there. You don't belong in his kingdom. You're an outsider. You're an outcast. You were invited in because eternal God made a way for you. He had compassion upon us, right? Like that may seem very simple, but that's also very profound because I don't see that really operating in the, in the hearts and lives of many people in my life. So may we not exalt ourselves over another in our heart, right? May, our mouths may never say it. Our mouths may never speak it boldly and in confidence and be like really transparently ugly about how we feel. But we have to sit back and examine our hearts. Are we in any way restricting? Are we in any way, let me use it this way to kind of kind of insert a a metaphor into the text and insert ourselves into this specific text in Acts chapter 11. Let's say a modern day scenario where let's just, let's just say you and I are in a certain fellowship, denomination. Let's make it real narrow. We go to church together. We've been in this system of belief, this doctrinal preference for years. We're in agreement And we're pretty locked in solid on that, unshakable. We have found the way. This church isn't the way. That way is not the way. They don't know the way. They're too much of this. They're too little of that, whatever the case and whatever our perspective would be. 
And word comes to us that all these people that we're sure just cannot find God the way we have in their circumstance, in their way, in their culture, in their belief system, word comes to us that Third Baptist Church on the corner down there that we, we, we have agreed like they do not worship correctly. Their pastor does not teach the word. They don't do this. They don't do that like we do. And word comes to us that the Holy Spirit has fallen upon them and they are, they are having the same fruit as we know and as, as we have experienced ourselves. Now the question really to kind of make my point, hopefully, is in any way would we today in that scenario, should it be true, say, no, 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 not them. Not them. That's impossible. That's impossible. There's no way they could be doing what we're doing in that church. No, I know them. I heard about what he preached on last Sunday. I know what they do over there. You get what I mean. That's what we've got to eradicate, y'all. Because this is an example for us. A real life, this is real life, you know. This is an account of real people who were on the outside of Yahweh God. They were not his people. But when the shift came in the death and resurrection of Messiah, a new call went out. A new call, an invitation was extended. And in this case, by what we talked about in the last series of Acts 10 that goes into Acts 11, by the obedience and the response to the oracles of God coming to men, those who did not deserve, as according to our opinion, that's what those men, the circumcised men were saying, received the exact same measure as the deserving. And the response of the deserving, of the undeserving receiving, is the key. Amen. Who am I to say that those people cannot know God the same way I know Him? Amen. Amen. God, you are without borders. You are without boundaries. You are without measure. Do we walk in that reality today, friends? Do we walk in that? And, and I'll say this to close. That's where I'm at right this second. Man, I had dinner last night with a friend that I feel like is going to be closer to me in the near future. Man, he's just so fertile. He's such fertile ground. He's such fertile ground. I just want to, I just want to sit with him all day long and just talk. I want to be like Peter. <laughs> Say, oh friend, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. We have been invited in. It's the master's table message. Friend, you can sit at the master's table and you can eat all day long. The feast is prepared. You can sit with the master and know him. Why? 
because you're a living human being created in his likeness and image and the apple of his eye. And so is this person, and so is that person, and so is this person, and so are they, and so are they. There is hope for us. But see, not just hope for us. There is hope for humanity. God has expanded. He has supernaturally expanded my vision. And it has come about suddenly, I would like to say. It's come about suddenly because my heart is yielded. This morning during my prayer, and I'm going to say this and be done. Oh, Joel, the harvest is ready. Will you be a laborer? Will you be a laborer? Will you work? Will you work? Will you use your finances? Will you use your time? Will you give of your desires and your dreams? Will you lay those things down? Let me have all of that. You just give that all to me. I've got that. Don't worry about it. I need a laborer, Joel. I need a worker. And I think you can do it. In the yoke reality, the yoke exchange reality, in that, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It is why I exist. So friends, let's, let, let us expand our vision beyond the confines of whatever it is right now for you and for me. Let's go into the world. Let's go into the world and what? Preach the gospel. Preach the seed. Cast the seed out. Fertile ground, God, where is it? Where's the fertile ground? Where is it? I'm ready to labor. I'm ready to work. Where's the fertile ground? So may we be like these circumcised Jews when they heard Peter's return. Hey, Peter, brother, we heard that you sat at the tables of the Gentiles and like you sat and ate dinner with them, brother. Are you okay? Oh, friends, let me tell you what happened. And when they hear it, who in the world, who in the world can say no to what God has done? He is awesome. He's worthy to be praised. They praised him. They rejoiced over his handiwork in the Gentile people. Friends, let's take off. Let's take off our restraints. Let's stop looking at one another with such prerequisites to know God like we know him. It's time for the harvest. Amen.